Hi, and welcome to another episode of Not Another Bad Movie Podcast with me, Megan. My guest this time is Chris Gambino. Hi, Chris. Hi, Megan. How are you doing today? I am great. It's nearly 1130 on Saturday. Uh, pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. Um, what's your history with made-for-TV movies? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't really think I have much beyond, like, seeing them on Saturday afternoons and not really understanding what I'm watching. Like, (laughs) you know, like, oh, I guess this is a a movie. And, you know, I'm thinking of, like, ABC, like, network TV movies, which I'm not sure if they're better or worse than, like, Hallmark or Lifetime channel movies. But, you know, that's my history with it. Yeah, I know that ABC um, sometimes will have Hallmark movies, um, but they're like the slightly better Hall of Fame movies that are more dramatic and have more of a message, and uh, they might get bigger names like Catherine McPhee in them. Right. I feel like um, they especially come out around the holidays, right? Yeah, and then the regular Hallmark Channel will have like thirty, all the same kind of movie, <laughs> right? Like that are romantic comedies come out too, right? Like how many different ways can we tell the same story? Basically, <laughs> this movie was slightly different. It was made by I think a company called Sunworld. Yeah, I I saw that when it first started. I said, oh, this is. This is interesting. Like, even when the logo started, I did you see like their um, the title card for Sundown? Um, um probably, but I forgot uh, what it was. What was it? <laughs> sure. So I watched this like just before going to bed last night. I was like super intent to watch it. I was supposed to watch it this morning, but I said, let me just get this out of the way last night, and. Um, uh-huh. So it kind of teases this um, universal style globe of uh, the Earth and then kind of just, you know, goes past it to, oh, here's the sun, and then it's sundown. Like, for a second, you think you're watching universal film if you, like, blink. (laughs) And it's like, psych! Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I tried to do a bit of light Google this morning about this production company. Mm -hmm. It looks like they have three, um, like, inspirational movies. The movie we watched, The Beautiful Beast is one of them. Mm-hmm. Then there's one about, like, cyberbull, like a thriller. And then there's one oh. about, like, a Civil War um, rebel soldier that gets taken in by a woman who hates the rebel soldiers but, like, learns to respect him or something. I don't know. <laughs> is she like uh, a confederate bride who's like you know whose husband is away at the war but this rebel comes I like maybe no, I'm I writing think, a better movie I don't know I don't know <laughs> I think her husband was a union soldier and he got killed so mm-hmm. that's why it's like personal and it's like I mean at that okay. time I guess everyone has a personal stake because so many people went to war but like I don't know that you need that because most people pretty much were for their side. Anyways, that's not the movie we watched. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. We watched uh, 
Well, see, that's the funny thing, because I'm thinking, are the other movies by this production company also, like, Disney, or I guess Hans Christian Andersen allegories? Like, they all have, no, like, they don't that seem aspect. to be. Okay. Yeah, that was an interesting part of, like, looking into this movie, that, oh, it's kind of like Beauty and the Beast, but not? <laughs> it's funny, because they call right. it the Beautiful Beast, and then even mm-hmm. the like description on Amazon is like it's the Beauty and the Beast story with a twist, and then the twist is no one is ugly in this movie, and you're like that's the twist. Well, so that's like the thing because, like, the Beast is the fact that he has a beard. Like, there's a point in the movie where she like wakes up in the cabin, and I, I think we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but like she wakes up and it's like oh my god and it's like i think she's turned off by his beard like that's what makes him beastly <laughs> i thought she was supposed to be the beast because she behaves terribly yeah i mean i think it's like uh, they're they're both kind of flawed but like from the outset she's clearly like the more flawed one yeah um but yeah, I guess, oh, and I think in the description it was like, you know, she's um, ugly on the inside. Mm-hmm. I think right? that's the like, term they use. Right. So this movie is about a woman called Isabel, and she hates to be called a socialite, but that's essentially what she is. <laughs> that's exactly what I wrote down. <laughs> I, I said... Um, also, she's on the cover. She's a, a cover story on like a fake inquirer of sorts. Yeah. So she must be like the Paris Hilton of that world. Yeah. When did this movie come out? Because it felt very like early aughts, the way that they were talking right, about it, like reality TV star kind of. Thing. Right, like it's two thousand thirteen, so. I mean, that's when it was released. Who knows when they yeah. actually made it? It feels very... It, it could be said at any time because there is no, like, real reliance on, um, I guess, technology in certain ways. There's no, like, reference to social media. They wouldn't even probably be able to reference things like Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. Because they'd have to pay some sort of ad revenue. I guess. And this movie <laughs> is cheap. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, yeah, the the sets certainly like feel cheap. Not the cabin though. I thought the cabin, everything that's supposed to be taking place in Switzerland, I thought was amazing as far as like the sets go. Yeah, even um, like when they're outdoors, it's I don't think they're using like fake snow on a set. Like it, it seems like they're actually outdoors. Yeah, they definitely shot that somewhere where they could like shoot without any repercussions. Like, they probably filmed it in some guy's backyard in the middle of winter. Like, which would probably have been a lot cheaper than a set with fake snow. Yeah. But I always, obviously, would prefer, like, a real setting than the nonsense where they have, like, you know, snow in their hair, but it never melts and stuff. (laughs) Right. It's just, like, potato flakes. (laughs) The production company is in Utah. So that's probably where they filmed it. Okay. Oh, 
that makes sense and i think that kind of goes to some of the other themes that maybe yeah. we'll touch on too <laughs> um so she she has a good friend who she grew up with i don't know how she met this girl i think called Catherine. but they grew up together yeah i didn't catch her name yeah like i think a little more than halfway through the film um she's telling jeremy who's the love interest of the movie about her friend and how she was so terrible to her but how something about visiting her uncle and Catherine was just there so they kind of grew up together um and I think like the uncle is always trying to do nice things for people so I think he was like the one that said hey you should make friends with this normal person because she'll be able to like you know keep you grounded in reality and I guess she kind of did, but not, not to the, like, not No. Really. Most of Isabel's time is going to clubs uh, with these two other women who are also well-to-do, and they all like to gossip together and shop together, and they don't like her other yeah. friend. Right, like, her other friend just seems weird to them. And I mean, like, it's not that wrong like their first reaction in the beginning of the movie when they go out to this club like this i guess high end club the girl shows up in flannel like a flannel top and again flannel is going to be like a big thing throughout this movie but which i guess is interesting like if you think about the friend in flannel and then jeremy's in flannel for a good part of the movie but she's going to a high-end club like either show up as you should but almost like if you're going to like a party, you wouldn't show up in attire that nobody else was wearing. Not to say that there's anything wrong with dressing comfortably, but you know, it'd be like showing up to a wedding in flannel. Yeah, it was strange that she's going to like the VIP section of a club at night looking like just regular street clothes instead of like something fancier. But, right, like none of their, um, like you find out that she's been, that um, Catherine has been spoiled, or I put that in quotes, spoiled by Isabel in like many ways. But like, I guess they never went shopping together and was like, oh, and hey, if we happen to go out, maybe wear something nice like this. Even if Isabel said it like a jerk, like, hey, last night we went out, you showed up in flannel. Let's go get you some clothes so you can look good when we're out in public. But I guess I know. Yeah, we just see Isabel give each of her friends a fancy watch, and um, Catherine is like uncomfortable because she's able to see the price tag on it, and she's like, "This is way too expensive." Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually Isabel gets bored and wants to take a vacation, so then she calls everyone. Right. <laughs> and they're busy. <laughs> Right, eventually she gets to uh, Catherine, who's like, yeah, sure. And, like, that scene with Catherine in um, her office was, like, super weird because she's just, like, sitting at her desk, playing with the fly swatter, barefoot. Like, you can see her shoes, like, set up to the side, and I guess that's, like, kind of realistic. I don't don't know. (laughs) She's 
she's a monster. She's in like an <laughs> an open she- area uh, with her coworkers, and she has her shoes off. And like that's a thing that happens, but it's not really okay. <laughs> right, and it's not like it's not like they're cubes. It's not like they're in cubes. They're not in cubes. They're in desks in a row with like little separators between them. So anyone walking to and from their desk or their neighbors will see her, you know, feet out. Yeah. Weird. She's not even in like stocking feet or like socks. She's just barefoot. Socks? It's no. Gross. <laughs> barefoot. Like, you know, I guess she's so comfortable. Right. Like, you know, at least she's not like has her foot up and like, you know, oh, bring her toe yeah. muscle on the phone with with uh, Isabel. But I bet she does that <laughs> on other days. When she gets really bored at work. Right, yeah, like, oh, man, I'm not, I don't even know what she does. I guess, is she selling, like, pest equipment or services? I think people call her to, like, schedule appointments and to issue complaints about the techs that spray their houses. Which is a, you know, a real job. Kind of random, but fine. (laughs) (laughs) Right, like, it couldn't be that she was, like, an accountant or like a job with like maybe even like seeming more responsibility like you know maybe a little bit more prestigious but no she has to be the you know pest control customer service representative yeah i think that's to maybe heighten the disparity in wealth between the two of them Mm. and the fact that it's like that makes a lot of sense hard for her to take off time because i don't know like how much pto this place gives her but even though she, like, protests <laughs> right. a lot, she seems to be able to, like, leave her job whenever. Yeah, like, as as much as she um, is, like, the friend who's not as wealthy as the others, she definitely has the freedom to kind of do what she wants. Yeah, I guess this Seemingly. place does have pretty good PTO in spite of everything. <laughs> right. So... Uh, Isabel is like, we'll do something you want to do. And um, Catherine's like, well, I like to ski, so we should do that. So they decide to go to Switzerland. Um, their first day there, Isabel locks eyes with a guy in the lobby, decides to go flirt with him and leave her friend behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next morning, she wants to sleep right. in, and Catherine's annoyed. And then they go cross-country skiing instead of downslope skiing and um Catherine hates it or I mean Isabel hates it so just like to backtrack to the um hot guy that she's seen leaving with um I think that was like that kind of like lets you know what sort of movie you're watching because when uh Isabel wakes up in the morning like I fully expected the guy to be in oh. and and like when that doesn't happen, I feel like it's like, oh, okay, like they legit just went to have dinner, like they went to have dinner, she was like, "Hey, it was nice having dinner with you, and then she goes to um bed alone, yeah, right, um because that's how she's found, but if this was like reality and she was like as spoiled as she seems, I guess she does have like some sort of moral compass like where she didn't um take the guy home that night yeah but again 
you find out what kind of movie you're watching, you know, within the oh, next sure. like, 20 years. Yeah, this so. movie, I think, first appeared on Up TV, which is like uplifting Christian television or something. I didn't, yeah, oh. I didn't realize that until I started Googling today. And I didn't realize this might have any okay. Christian ideas in it until we see Jeremy on his knees praying. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, so, what, so when you said that the production company was in Utah, like, that said everything. Yeah. Because Utah is like a very uh, pure, puritanical. It's very Mormon. But they're very, very Latter-day Saints. Yes, oh, yes, very Mormon, certainly. So, uh, and then when they go skiing and Isabel, uh, Isabel's like, I expected slopes. Like, what's this? I was like, I expected slopes too. Like, what is cross-country skiing? Who goes to Switzerland to cross-country ski? I know. Ski? I mean, I, you probably can, of course. You can probably cross-country ski oh, certainly. You know, anywhere there's snow. But it seems like such a wasted opportunity right. to go to the Alps, like any country with Alps, and not go on some slopes even if you're not like super into like two double black diamond or what it's called like you know like you could still do <laughs> some slopes <laughs> right like like let's go skiing and i feel like it should ha- it should have been a conversation on the way like oh how good of a ski are you what can we expect right. to do together it's like almost saying we're going to play any sport. It's like, oh, let's play football. And it's like, oh, well, I only play flag football. Oh, that's not the kind of football I'm used to. So I don't know. Like, I feel like that conversation yeah. should It'd be like, I like hockey. And then somebody like dresses up for field hockey and the other person's like an ice hockey outfit. And it's like, oh, that's not <laughs> what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But they end up having a blow up where Isabel's like, I don't want to do this. And then, uh, Catherine's like, well, you got, you said that I got to do what I wanted to do, and this is what I want to do. And rather than either one of them compromise and saying, well, maybe tomorrow we can hit slopes, or maybe tomorrow we can do something else, um, it just dissolves into, you always do that, and you never do this. And um, Catherine says something about, you're always lording your money over me, like what your family did for my mother. And then uh, Isabel just goes off random direction to get away from Catherine. Right. I mean, if, like, I, I don't know, like, what would a normal person do in Catherine's shoes? Would she be like, where are you going? Would she chase after her? Or would she just let her, like, die in the woods? I don't know. It seems that, like... She just assumes that she'll make it back to the hotel. But later she goes to like pack up her stuff and is like slightly curious as to why she's not there already, but then leaves anyway. And I was like, I wouldn't leave the hotel not knowing where she was. I'd be concerned that maybe she didn't get back to the hotel at all. But she's like, oh, she's fine. And I'm like, but you right. don't know for sure she's fine. Yeah, like, there's no indication that um, Isabel knows how to take care of herself. So the assumption that she, like, is, is, like, way wrong. But I feel like at the point where you have a blowout like that, you can just, like, say, okay, forget it. Like, you know, like, you're almost, like, writing her out of your life at that point. I feel like the brace, like, returning the um, watch was, like, you know, 
okay, I'm done. This is like the signifier to our relationship is at the end. It's gone as far as it can go, you know, and she doesn't say anything to anybody. Like when she, when uh, Catherine returns to, I guess it's New York, but you know, she doesn't say anything to anybody until she sees, her, you know, uh, Isabel's friends at the mall. Yeah. And like, Hey, did you see, happen to see Isabel? Yeah. It's, it's weird because like, like you say, it seems like she's just over it and she doesn't want to be friends with her anymore, which is totally fine. But then we get mm-hmm. like this indication that she might be a little nervous about her friend and she like tries to call her and it just goes to voicemail mm-hmm. and she doesn't know if her friend's avoiding her or not, but she doesn't really try that hard to figure out what happened to her. And she just kind of bumps into mutual friends and then she's like, Oh, uh, do you know what happened? And they're like, no. And then she's like, okay, well I guess we'll never know. And she just moves on with her life. <laughs> Right, and, like, how big of a celebrity... Like, if Paris Hilton disappeared for, like, a week, or I I guess even, like, two weeks, that would just be okay? Maybe that would have been okay, you know, five years ago when this movie was made. I mean, I don't think so, but, like, there would be some sort of, like, paparazzi. Like, she was expecting paparazzi, too, at some point, to show up at the cabin where no one knows that she's there. It's weird because, like... Everyone just assumes she's still at the hotel because there's that credit card charge for the hotel. But don't the people at the hotel know like, right. she hasn't been there? I mean, I guess it's not their business. No, they're like, oh. <laughs> right. They're like, hey, as long as her credit card is still like coming through, we don't care. Like when her credit card starts getting declined, then we'll start knocking on her door and saying, hey, are you yeah. alive in there? Because you got to leave if you can't pay. But, you know, it's not until um, that point that they'll probably care. So, in any case, Isabel is missing for two weeks. And it's because she tried to (laughs) cross-country ski where it was, like, uneven and whatever. And she didn't really know what she was doing. And she sprains her ankle and um, bruises a rib. (laughs) <laughs> oh right yeah yeah they they mostly focus on the ankle for the movie and i'm like i don't know that seems that the rib thing seems much worse <laughs> right like yeah i can't walk but i also can't breathe and i only have to do one yeah. to really survive although i mean later when jeremy is uh checking her out and uh, like making sure she's okay he's like you know for a cracked rib just don't move around too much and that's true like there's very little you can do about a cracked rib you just don't move around too much and it hopefully heals right (laughs) right and like yeah no one's coming for another two weeks like so even if it was that bad yeah like you're stuck that is the craziest part so (laughs) she finds this cabin in the woods and uh, she's like knocking on the door and no one comes and then she like falls I guess the door's open so she comes in and then I don't know if she's like I don't know overtired or like just kind mm-hmm. of out of it but she sees like a skull and like faints I guess <laughs> right like she wasn't expecting any sort of like decor in that cabin 
like i don't know what she was expecting but she sees maybe i would have been shocked too if i'm in like switzerland and there's decor in there that belongs in like utah or arizona right like um like that's not indicative of she's like i'm in america how long have i been walking (laughs) exactly i i crossed over the ocean jeez um so she wakes up she's on a couch and uh there's a man there it's the man who owns the cabin his name is jeremy and she is afraid of him and tries to get away from him but she can't really because her foot's messed up right like it's the perfect excuse to not go anywhere but the other perfect excuse to not go anywhere is the fact that it's 25 miles away from anything yeah Right? Like, even if her ankle was perfectly fine, she's still 25 miles away from anything, which in that in those conditions would have been several days walking in unbearable, you know. Yeah, weather. and she's not in the sort of shape where she's used to, you know, cross-country skiing for a couple of days and, like, camping outside. And that's not something you can just, like, start doing all of a sudden. You kind of need to... Right. Built up to a big trip like that. So she, even if she were well, that is not happening. <laughs> so any reasonable no. person would be like, well, you probably have like a, a snowmobile or a car or at least like a CB radio. <laughs> right. Or like a flare you can set off and like that be the indicator. Hey, don't wait <laughs> another few weeks. Come now. A phone anything at all but of course he's like i want to be off the grid and uh therefore i have no way of communicating with anyone and when i want to leave i just walk there so for winter i just don't walk anywhere it's like okay (laughs) right but it's switzerland isn't it always winter yeah i don't know how maybe i'm just having a really misconception (laughs) i don't know how far up the mountain he is because if he's far enough up the mountain it's snowing most of the time (laughs) but who knows in any case he's an american man living in switzerland for some reason we don't know yet why and like every month someone comes up in a car and delivers a bunch of stuff and then takes jeremy's um birdhouses into town to sell them for him (laughs) right yeah, that was, you know, you're kind of like questioning how he's able to sustain that lifestyle if he like has no real source of income. Um, I guess he makes like really nice birdhouses. They seem like he seems to put a lot of time into them, and they're kind of intricate. Um, but like, I wonder if they're being sold under like false pretenses. Like, there's this woman in the mountains who makes these uh, birdhouses. She's been doing them. For last 75 years they're really special but it's really just this you know well and we'll get to his characteristics but this disgraced doctor yeah you know, <laughs> making these birdhouses yeah it would be funny if they're like yeah it's this old man and he's lived up there his whole life and he's been making these birdhouses his whole life and he's a you know he's from switzerland and on and on and on and it's like oh no it's just this young american dude who just randomly decided to live in the middle of nowhere and he makes birdhouses now (laughs) right well it's like i don't know it's like it's if you were to sell that in america 
with like the facts like yeah this 30 something divorced guy makes birdhouses now <laughs> like it's not very like romantic no it's weird too because eventually a few times isabel like asserts who she is as a person by saying i'm rich <laughs> that's her main characteristic and she likes to say it a lot that's what i am i'm rich and he is mm-hmm. like kind of more of a salt of the earth kind of guy and yet he wears but, flannel like, of course he's he living in a cabin in switzerland and like doesn't need to work aside from making birdhouses like i don't know if he really is so bad off himself like how much he must come from money right well, like that doesn't make sense no so the house in Switzerland so with all the the kind of like small bits of exposition you get through the film like even towards the end you get even more exposition but he was a doctor from Georgia so he certainly had money um, of some sort like I don't know how good of a doctor he was to have that much money but this was his vacation home like he was a doctor in Georgia with a vacation home in Switzerland like maybe it was just like really good um, price on the house in Switzerland like he, he got a really good uh, buyer's market he was like fine we'll buy this house in Switzerland so maybe the house in Switzerland is paid off and he just uses the birdhouses to supplement the electricity and food that gets that's true the house is probably paid off by now i don't know maybe his wife is super rich or something one would assume um i don't that's certainly possible i mean like why switzerland like if you're in georgia i guess it's as far as you can go right like i don't know what rustic area is close to georgia or would you just like go to Colorado if you really wanted to be rustic or Utah I don't know I mean but Switzerland just seems like maybe it's like where they honeymooned or something there's a lot of like little fake German towns and stuff in Georgia so I don't know maybe (laughs) well there's there's like Helen Georgia and it's made to look like a cute little German town and stuff so like maybe okay I've been uh, to Georgia okay. yeah, once. Yeah, I've been a couple of times. And they have mountains, but they don't really get that much snow. Uh, so you could go to, like, somewhere up okay. n- further north, still in Appalachia, but it's not... I mean, there's, you know, some skiing and mm. stuff in Vermont and whatever, but... Virginia. Not not as, like... Certainly, yeah. Big as, like, the Alps. So I guess if you had the opportunity to go to the Alps, you would do it. But, no. yeah, I don't know... If they had a whole big jet-setting life and this was just one of the places they would go to. <laughs> or if, like, maybe his wife was Swiss. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> right. Yeah, you don't get a lot of backstory on the wife. Yeah. Except for that, you know, she left him. Yeah. So. But, um, well, so, hold on. So that's, like, so when you find out that there was a wife at some point and then you see him praying my first inclination was that she's dead like he's in this cabin all by himself he's praying to god because here is this like attractive woman who he can't really tolerate and maybe this is the one that replaces his 
dead wife. But that's certainly not the case. Like, she finds, Isabel finds the divorce decree and then finds a little bit more about this doctor. Yeah. Yeah, Isabel, like, goes through this one box he has, which has a picture of him and his wife on their wedding day. And I was like, oh, he's a widower. And then later she's, like, pawing through stuff again. And she sees the um, divorce papers. And I was like, oh, okay, she's alive. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, like, now he's just, like, this sad guy, like, recuperating from a divorce. But but every, like, ten minutes it's like, but wait, there's more. (laughs) Like, are you still watching this? How about this twist? Are you still watching this? How about this twist? (laughs) Right. Bet you didn't expect this. Um, yeah, um, we we see him. Yeah, I'm not sure it. if you wanted. Mm-hmm. No, I wasn't sure if you wanted to jump to that, but we'll take it in stride. Yeah. To get there, I'm sure. Um, Isabel is a total brat. She's like, you need to get me out of here. And he tells her, like, that's impossible. And she's like, that's really dumb, which is fair. It is really dumb. And then he's, she's like, you need to fix me food. And he's like, what am I, your butler or waiter or something? And she's like, no, but you'll do. And then he tries to make her food, but she hates it. And then he's like, we need ground rules right. or something. Right. Like, if you want to stay here. You need to, it's like my way or the highway, which like makes sense because of the way she's acting. But like, I feel like there, there's not a lot of effort to meet no. in the middle, right? It's like, no, my way or the highway. Yeah. You're not used to things like this and I'm not going to change. So you just have to deal, which like he could certainly say, but like, there's no like kindness on his part to be like, yeah, this is a, a, a bad situation. But, you know, let's make the most of it. Yeah. There was a moment at some point where, I don't know, it might have been towards the end. And I felt like I knew what he was going to say. I thought he was going to be like, oh, well, of course I wasn't going to, like, let you, you know, freeze to death or just, like, abandon you. Like, I just did the right thing. Thing that anyone would do you know that sort of kind of heroic kind of speech and he was mm-hmm. he's like doesn't say any of that he's just kind of like you're not that bad I was like oh, okay <laughs> but yeah I mean it, it it's like I don't know like no one behaved as I think a real person would in, in this entire and I think that's like that's part of it because I feel like I don't know I put myself in his shoes and if at any point I would have um, you know been uh, a recluse for that amount of time and then all of a sudden here's this like I guess attractive I mean I guess she's supposed to be like a very attractive person not that she's not attractive either way you know, like all of a sudden here's this attractive woman who knocks on my door well this is exactly what i've been waiting for like every night he's praying to god please god send an attractive brunette (laughs) to my house and here she is and he's not acting grateful for it 
<laughs> I mean, we don't know what he's praying for. We just see that he prays. And he reads the Bible <laughs> in Chinese. This is what right. we know about his time. Birdhouses, Bible in Chinese, <laughs> praying. Those are his activities. Mm-hmm. Right. And no, like, no TV, no phone, um, no video games. And I think that was, like, one of my favorite lines of the film. Because at the beginning of, like, their interactions, she sees all of these birdhouses. And she's like, um, what, you make birdhouses? Mm-hmm. What are you, 14? And he's like, no, it's my hobby. And then she's like, oh, you know, later she's like, do you have any video games? And he's like, no, what am I, 14? And I'm like, what? Like, you make birdhouses. Well, it's not, and it's not like, it's not crazy that she would expect some sort of, like, entertainment in that sort and, uh, of way. But, I, I felt like, like the fact that they just go to like, what, what am you I 14? Against 14 year olds? They both Get say faith. it was weird. <laughs> oh, sorry. They keep gotta... saying that. Oh. Right. Yeah. It, that was, uh, I mean, I liked that. I guess, I'm not even sure if it was a callback or just like clunky writing. I think it writing. was probably meant as a callback. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. But, yeah, basically, Um, she tries to cook after he tells her, like, you have to be in charge of lunch and whatever. Um, And (laughs) she, I don't know if she needs glasses or what, but she puts salt in instead of sugar for the (laughs) cake she bakes. And then she puts cayenne pepper on top of um, macaroni and cheese, thinking it's paprika. And then he's, like, insulted because he's like, I'm a man. I don't have paprika. (laughs) Yeah, like, I thought that was crazy. Like, what, a guy can't have paprika lying around? Like, that's, like, and cayenne pepper is any better? Like, oh, peppers, that's manly. Paprika, that's girly. (laughs) It's like, why do you got a gendered spices? It would be one thing if, if she was like, oh, I thought it was saffron. And he's like, how much money do you think I have that I have saffron? Like, saffron's really expensive. But, like, paprika didn't seem that Right, like crazy. it's cardamom. Like, why wouldn't he have had paprika? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, it would have... If he bought a set of spices, paprika yeah. would be in there. I mean... Like, he, maybe not, like, intentionally yeah. purchasing it. Or he could have been like no one uses paprika in Switzerland. That's not a thing here. And then be like, oh, okay, I don't know. But, like, the way he makes it sound like, specifically, I'm too masculine to be seen eating paprika is really bizarre. Right, like, I wear flannel and I don't eat paprika. Get it right. <laughs> it sounds like one of those t-shirts, you know? It's like, I'm a real man, I eat meat, and I don't eat paprika, and this shirt is flannel. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I drive a pick like it's it's a um a bumper sticker mm-hmm. on a pickup truck like you know we'll break for cayenne pepper if it's a paprika right. I will run it over <laughs> don't don't tread on my cayenne it's pepper. like a, a little salt shaker looking thing and it says cayenne pepper on it and then it's peeing on a smaller salt shaker looking thing and it says paprika on it <laughs> <laughs> classic bumper sticker 
Yes, that's actually perfect. That's exactly what it is. Um, anyways, she gets really upset. And then he's like, oh, let me get you some girl clothes. Because I lied earlier when I said I had no girl clothes. I do. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. This was like the perfect thing because she gets macaroni and cheese on her shirt. Right. Right? Like, she, she I don't know where the macaroni and cheese came from, but it like got on her shirt. And I'm like, oh, this is where it gets good, right? Like, you know, she's like, oh, I got my shirt dirty. And then, you know, like, then you expect romantic <laughs> things to happen. But it's like, no. Right. You know, I think you just said it, dead wives clothes, right? Yeah, because we don't know. Like, oh, he's he's right. finally moving on. Do we know that it's ex-wife, not dead wife At this yet, point, you don't know. Is it just? Not yet. This not, is potentially not yet, dead no. wife clothes. <laughs> no. Abs- absolutely but like as he's bringing it out like he's like oh i've got um i've got these uh women's clothes here and it's like oh wow he's bringing out like his dead wife's clothes and then he says yeah they belong to my ex and you're like oh okay right it, it's not until he like brings the clothes out and then you know clearly states that it's his ex's clothes so it's at that point that you find out that right. no she's not dead um what happens next does she break the birdhouse next or does she see the malpractice stuff next oh no um hold on i took by the way four pages of notes oh good (laughs) yeah i was i was uh, i had my oh i had my notes app open and i was just like and this morning I went to print it out and that's when I saw that it was four pages and I was astonished by how much I had written about this. It was like nearly a I'm thousand words. Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, hold on, where are we here? Um, he was there for three years. She, call- she calls him out on the praying. She's like, and what are you praying for? What's praying good for? Um, and then... Oh, so we haven't really talked about what's going on in New York while she's away in Switzerland. Oh, right. Right, like she, like these, um, her uncle is the one who's kind of keeping her in money, right? Like she has this inheritance and yeah, additionally she has, like, there are... Trust. Exactly, yeah. And then there are two other people besides her uncle who are also in charge of the trust and they're seeing her like yeah, squander it. Yeah, the thing. Right, and and they're seeing her, like, squander her trust. And they're like, you know, we should really, like, try to cut her off a little bit. It'd be really good for her. And you can tell that they mean it. Like, they only want what's best for her. They think that her uncle is kind of coddling her. And he is. And they're like, yeah, she could probably, like, come down to reality if we just withhold a little bit of money. And they're, like, completely genuine. Yeah, and they're not, like, the bad guys like at the end of the movie well it, it, like for this story the two main characters are the bad guys like they have their own conflict but, like they're both protagonists and antagonists at the same time um yeah i think my favorite scene this might be later but the two other people on the board that aren't her uncle lyle who mm-hmm. want to rein in the money that she's getting, they meet mm-hmm. in the lobby of their building. Okay. 
and it's all CG, so it looks like they're in a different plane of reality all of a sudden. Yeah, that was like part of the the sets being just like nonsense. For like, if it's not in Switzerland, it's certainly in a studio or on a green screen or, you know, in a basement in the Hollywood of Utah. Yeah. It's, it's especially funny because at one point there's a background character that just stops moving and you're like, is this a still image? And then he starts <laughs> moving again and you realize that the floor, they've made it so reflective but not mm-hmm. really because it's not a real floor that it's like <laughs> people look like they're walking on mirrors and it's like mm-hmm. there's no lobby in the world that looks like this <laughs> right um so it's at this point where she does a little snooping and finds out that he was fired um or, or I, I was gonna say disbarred he wasn't a lawyer he was uh, a, not a doctor anymore like he was fired for um a drug over not drug overdose but like the terms on the actual document say like you know drug abuse like and it kind yeah, of he, just like he was under the influence while he was performing an operation and then the uh there was a investigation into the matter because the patient died right like he legit killed somebody because of drugs and yeah. and he is one of the main characters like you're supposed to like him still um because he's attractive and the only other and the only real male protagonist in the movie um but i thought that was like so crazy that like he's a drug addict well he was a drug addict he had you know assumingly since kicked the habit but he's been in this cabin for the last three years with birdhouses and that's it. Like, I don't do drugs, just to get that out there. However, if I was locked in a cabin for three years with no source of entertainment except for building birdhouses, I would definitely investigate what drugs I could do to pass the time better. I, I don't know if, if, if you share the same sentiment. I mean, I guess that, like, if you cut yourself off from the world it makes it so much harder to go out and get drugs. Okay. Which, if you're in recovery, might be a good thing. But Right, right. Like, he just kind of pressed pause on his life altogether. Like, he's only in his 30s, and yet he's just, like, kind of retired away to this little hut, and he's not engaging with anyone anymore. That's his whole life, is just birdhouses. Right. Yeah, like it's it's weird but so it's at this point after their so she finds this out and then i feel like they have a sort of moment and then she's like oh let me go get the the um the laundry from the laundry room and as she's coming through the living room with the laundry basket like she's finally pitching in she knocks over this birdhouse which he he was very precious about earlier in the movie he was like oh don't touch that it's special so then when he knocks when she knocks the birdhouse over and he like flips out i'm like oh my god that's the sun like the sun must have made him that birdhouse like there's a kid that that nobody knows about 
who made him that birdhouse. But no. Um, and you don't even find out at that moment why it's so important. But there's like this big fight. She like kind of confronts him on. Does she confront him on the on the drug stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, you're shallow and you destroy everything you touch kind of thing. And she's like, <laughs> well, I didn't kill anyone while on drugs, bud. So maybe <laughs> don't throw too many stones my direction. Right. Um, and then... And this is when, unfortunately, you see, like, the edge of this actor who's playing Jeremy's range. Like, I believed okay. him as, like, being annoyed with her when she was mm-hmm. being annoying. And... I kind of believed him when he was, like, falling in love with her. But when he was, like, angry about the birdhouse, I was like, I don't think you really care that much about this birdhouse. <laughs> <laughs> like, you say you are, but I don't I don't believe this moment for a second. Right. You know, it, and I was like, this is some fight because it's bad enough that she is willing to storm out and attempt these 25 miles to civilization. Um, and then... Yeah. It's it's during that walk that I said, wait a second. He's getting deliveries to the house. Why isn't she walking on that road? Like, she's like, no, I'll just walk into the woods. I won't actually travel down the road that cars go up and down. That's true. Because I was like, I, I was really confused as to how people were getting material up there. And I thought it was like, I don't know, a bunch of people on snowmobiles or something. And then later we see someone <laughs> One brick just at drive a time. up in a car on the road. Right. And you're like, oh, yeah, that would work too. <laughs> <laughs> but the, until that moment, you don't even know that road exists. Right. No, 100%. Like, until the delivery towards the end of the movie, you're kind of, like, left guessing. But I certainly guess that there was some sort of, like, way of getting up there that wasn't you know helicoptering in supplies yeah but um i think one of the reasons they have her go through the woods like that is so that she can kind of fall down and then she starts praying and then it's like oh now everyone's praying um, yeah it's it's showing that she's slowly changing so like the thing that helped um Jeremy is that he went through this um, re- rehab program and felt that he was forgiven by God and he doesn't really forgive himself or expect anyone else to mm. forgive him but like it's enough for him to keep going kind of and right. this comes out later and uh, she earlier was like I pretty much have, have everything I need so I don't really see the point in like praying for things and I don't mm-hmm. know why I would pray to God if I wasn't praying for something specific so right. now she needs something she starts praying <laughs> right it's kind of like well alright I have exhausted all resources let's try to tap on faith yeah um, this is the only thing in the movie besides the fact that she's stuck in a house with someone she doesn't want to be stuck in a house with that mm. is anything like Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> okay. The rest of the movie has nothing to do with Beauty and the Beast, but at least, like, there's the scene where, like, they argue, and she runs away, and then he has to go out and save her and bring her back. Right. That's and you know Beauty what? And the Beast. 
Yeah. And the other part, too, is that every... So at the moment that he runs out and saves her, you know, I was 100% expecting that, like, at that moment, they start kissing. Like, oh, you came for me. And no, they can't kiss until the end of the movie, just like Beauty and the Beast. Except for there's no... You know what? I bet the, um, the birdhouse is the rose. Like, you know, the rose in Beauty and the Beast that kind uh, of, like... yeah, yeah. Like, the birdhouse Except is that there's sacred... there's no curse. <laughs> right. No, the curse is drug abuse, actually. <laughs> or, or the like, solitude. Not... Uh, drug abuse. Oh, solitude, yeah. Oh, and drug abuse. Right. Right. <laughs> drug abuse is, is definitely a curse, sure. Right. Um, so, he, um... So, the... He, like, tells the story of, like, how he got um addicted to drugs and it was um he kept on getting headaches and then he would see a doctor and then at a certain point i guess the doctor was like yeah either like the doctor was closed that day and he couldn't get his medicine or the doctor was like yeah at this point you should be healthy but you're not so i'm done but he finds an old script lying around that i guess either he wrote for somebody or someone else wrote for somebody and then he's like, I guess this will do. Uh, oh, wait, wait a second. This makes a lot of sense. Because she asks, do you have painkillers lying around? Like, do like when her ankle is hurting her, she's like, do you have painkillers? She says like a few times. And he's like, no, I don't have painkillers lying around. <laughs> like, yeah. he wouldn't have drugs. Oh, you know, even like, you know, anything to satiate uh, a broken ankle. Um, no. Right, either he took them already, or he just doesn't want them around. Yeah, I, I think when he moved to Switzerland, he probably didn't bring any of that stuff with him. Right. Um, but he had a uh, bandage, at least. Like, he has a first aid kit yeah. with, you know, just bandages and band-aids. No rubbing alcohol. You know, not well, to tempt she you. doesn't have any cuts on her, I don't think. No, but I'm saying, like, a typical first aid kit would have at least rubbing alcohol. But, yeah, that's true. But, but because of his, um, I don't, I don't know if it was an, al- you know, if he would find other means of, you know, um, drugs like alcohol, but probably not. There didn't seem to be any alcohol in the movie, unless they're drinking wine at some point. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. Um, I know they make s'mores. That's very romantic. They, they do make s'mores. Um. And I hated that scene. Oh, wait. We totally skipped over a few other pieces. Like, when she puts on a dress. Like, Oh, it's... yeah. Was that the ex-wife's dress, then? Oh, certainly. Yeah. It has to be, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless she, like, you know, was um, sewing it in her spare time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it, maybe he had, like, red curtains lying around. And she's like, oh, I can make those work. But... I don't yeah, think she, she knows how to sew, so that has to be the XY stress. Wait, she do- you're right. She doesn't know how to sew, but she knows how to play chess. Like, who taught her how to pay- play chess? And how does she Maybe have... uncle. Right, but, like, doesn't chess require, like, a certain personality style that, you know, like, patience and thinking things through that I just don't think she has. But I guess she does, because she knows how to play chess. 
Yeah, um, I don't know. I think maybe when she was younger, she maybe like learned stuff like that and liked it. And then as she got older, she was like, but you know what's better? Drinking lots of alcohol and like going out and partying. So I'll do that instead. <laughs> right. Like, oh, I could like actually do something with my life and, you know, use the uh, skills I learned as a child to better myself. Uh, no, alcohol and partying is better. Yeah, she says at some point she, like, went to three different colleges, but she yes. never applied herself because she knew she would never have to get a job. And right. I was like, well, why don't you just pick something that was interesting to you? I guess, <laughs> but, like... Or not go to school at all. <laughs> right, like, why were you going to school? Just so you can, like, get into a frat or sorority, I should say? I don't know. That doesn't, that doesn't necessarily come up, but... Um, so the whole like romantic dinner um have you ever made s'mores from a candle yeah i was like i don't think that's gonna work and it totally worked and i was like i don't think that would work in real life though. <laughs> right like this the the marshmallow would definitely catch fire um and, like, and i think that's does. the only way yeah 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 so maybe it would i don't know yeah and like, i expect the dessert don't get to very hot <laughs> Right, right. I mean, the only the only way it would toast is if the marshmallow caught fire from the little flicker and then just roasted, like, in its own fire for a moment. Um, Which, but I expected, that's what happened, hmm? so, I don't know, I guess right, it could Right, right. Yeah, in the worst possible way. Like, you're not going to toast the marshmallow. You're going to burn it. I like burnt marshmallows, though. That's good. Yeah, yes, they, they can be okay. Um, but for dessert, I totally expected, like, strawberries or something, like, somewhat romantic. I mean, I think s'mores are incredibly romantic, but um, I was definitely expecting, like, something a little bit more, I don't know, uh, like, aphrodisiac stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then, like, there's this, like, weird moment where she, like, pops a piece of chocolate in her mouth and, like gives him like a little look as she does it i don't know it was like really subtle but also kind of awkward um yeah she does that and she is praising him for not wearing flannel anymore because now he started wearing sweaters instead mm -hmm. and uh she like gestures she like touches his arms all over like isn't this so much better than flannel and then she like pops <laughs> the chocolate in her mouth and she's like I just touched you a lot, and then I drew attention to my mouth. We're totally going to kiss. <laughs> right. Okay, good. I, I wasn't the only one who saw that. Oh, no, good. that was there. <laughs> um, and then they totally do kiss, I think. Yes, yes, they, they definitely do. And then he says, oh, you should stay. And then it's like, wait, how long are they going to stay for? And then since this is like seemingly a Christian film, like, are they going to get married or are they just going to, like, you know, kiss every night and go to bed in separate beds? Like, I was like, they're going to get married, right? So that they can do more than just kissing. But, you know, I don't think that was, like, in the cards. But I guess they'll just, like, keep it uh, PG until married. Yeah. But she's like, uh, I can't live in friggin' middle of nowhere. I have friends and family in my life elsewhere mm -hmm. and then he like I, I think starts making fun of her life again 
Right, like, they just get, like, really mad at each other about ten seconds after they're done kissing. Like, we really yeah. like each other a lot, but we just can't get past this one thing. And they're, I, like, in that moment, she's definitely being more reasonable than he is. Because yeah. she, she's like, I mean, I guess she's being reasonable. He's like, no, if I go back into the real world, I'm going to relapse. Like, all of a sudden, my headaches are going to come back, and I'm going to need some sort of pain medication, and everything's going to go wrong. Um, but, you know, so I'm better off staying here, and I don't want to be alone anymore, because I've been with you for the last two weeks, and it's been nice. Um, so then, you know, luckily, that delivery's the next morning, so, you know, I she's got to ride back to civilization. Uh, Diedrich, I think his name was. Yeah. He's such yeah. a happy soul. Right, like, and it's, um, I guess what he thinks is a Swiss accent. Not that Diedrich is necessarily a Swiss name. It might be. It sounds more like German to me. Um, well, it could be but Swiss I guess, German. Unless he's like I, Swiss French or Swiss whatever. <laughs> I don't know enough. What's going on there? <laughs> okay, I don't know enough about Switzerland to to know, but he definitely is like um, uh, blonde, right? I know that about Switzerland. Like there are blondes from Switzerland. Yeah. Um, but so the the car comes, and I feel like she kind of like gets back into the socialite um, mindset because when she gets in the car, she gets in the back seat. Which I thought was like yeah. weird, like like it was a taxi, as opposed to like someone like you know giving her a ride back to civilization. Right. Yeah, I don't know if that was like on purpose or, you know, like they said, oh yeah, she's returning back to that lifestyle, so she gets in the backseat. Yeah, I'm not sure. They they show her like looking sad as she's sitting back there, and I thought mm-hmm. they were gonna do the thing like in the holiday her. where Cameron Diaz like starts crying and then she like has to run back to the cabin but okay. no she goes home <laughs> <laughs> right um, and uh, starts telling her crazy story to her friends and to her uncle mm-hmm. yeah it's weird she like actually shows up to her friend's workplace and is like <laughs> she just says like oh I'm alive and I'm back in America but I can't tell you the story yet because I have to go talk to my uncle. Bye. And it's like, well, why'd you come in then? Like, you could have just called me and been like, I want to have dinner with you and tell you this crazy thing. But this afternoon, I have to see my uncle. Like, why are you physically there? It doesn't make sense. Right. And it's like, hey, can we talk about this later? Like, can we talk about this later? And then she's like, oh, I might be able to get out early. Or I might, yeah, I could probably, you know, make that happen. And then... So, I mean, so, but it's not, like, the first thing that she does. So, like, she goes to see her uncle. They tell her what's been going on. She's, like, completely, like, yeah, that makes sense. I've been really bad with the money. And, yeah, I kind of do want to, like, you know, get my life right. Um, But then she goes out with her friends anyway? Yeah, I guess, like... I don't know. Rome wasn't built in a day. It's going to take her a while to live more economically. <laughs> right. But, yeah, they, they're they doing their same weekend 
thing. Maybe they're taking her out as a way of being like, we're so glad you're not dead. We'll pay for everything. <laughs> oh, no. Those friends definitely were mooching off of her. They were like, yeah, yeah you know, this will be the last time we ever go out because there's clearly, clearly no more money. Yeah. Like, the and, final hurrah. Um, it's crazy because, like, they want to gossip about this couple and how they're breaking up and we don't know who this couple is. It's just showing the kind of people they are that they like to gossip. And mm-hmm. um, we see Isabel looking kind of miserable the whole time. And it's like, if my friend was, like, missing in the Alps for two weeks, I'd be like, you need to tell me everything about that. That's crazy. I wouldn't be talking about, like, some nonsense between some couple. Right. Like, they clearly don't care about what happened or her. They're just, like, snap back into, like, oh, this is what we used to do, so let's do it again. But it's not even, like, in an attempt to get her back to reality. It's just an attempt for them to get back to their own reality of, like, oh, this is what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but then even, though, so then she goes out with her friends, and then she calls up her friend who she was supposed to call, like, a lot sooner. I don't know. It was it was yeah. weird. Like, I thought that she kind of, like, gotten past that point in her life where she kind of treated her friend like you know poorly but her friend's like yeah. oh i'll be right i'll be right over you know it's supposed it to like, be like a moment where she's like oh those are my fake friends maybe i should spend time with a real friend but uh, because she just calls her at the last minute it's like no you're pretty much acting the same as like this is my back burner friend and <laughs> when i'm bored of other people i go to her right um, but they so, talk and she's like I think I'm in love with this guy and she's like oh it seems like this guy's really under your skin and she's like yeah but I can't call him because he's in the middle of nowhere and he doesn't have any way of communicating with him and um, eventually she has the same conversation with her uncle after she volunteers mm-hmm. and the uncle uh, is like take the plane and go to him because he might want you too right so the after so after she's done with her friend there's like a very short praying montage like she's like yeah yeah, she like she's praying and then he's praying and then i'm like oh wait who's praying next i was like the uncle (laughs) i was expecting the uncle to start praying and no he's actually at a soup kitchen which is like way better than praying right it's like what can i do that's holier than praying right oh certainly you could do both but it's like you know oh i'm gonna like help the poor that's totally better than praying or you know differently so but yeah so then it's after you know the praying that her uncle uh, after the soup kitchen uncle says go to switzerland and she does he's like yeah waste company resources like you used to do you know yeah like (laughs) but just just as one would expect, she goes to Switzerland and he comes to New York. Or, or what yeah. I guess is New York. Right. I think um, that's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> like, there are, like, weird skyline shots that I feel like they were able to get for, like, really cheap. But does it make it seem like it's for sure New York? And then when you see out the window of certain buildings, you're like, is that New York? No, that's clearly, like, a, a fake, like, you know, set somewhere. Uh, um, every time we're in the apartment with her, I'm like, just draw the blinds. 
don't want to see that ridiculous neon whatever behind you that's supposed to be like other buildings it does not look real at all that's not what buildings look like when the lights are on they're not like all different colors like oh my gosh it's so stupid looking well i feel it's like it's like generic on purpose just in case like they couldn't get like the new york skyline shot you're like oh we could get chicago and then it wouldn't be like that big of a deal yeah it's like chicago toronto new york la place (laughs) (laughs) right who knows Somewhere in North America. So, right. So then she's in Switzerland. Diedrich just happens to be there. Which is lucky. Right. Because otherwise, I mean, I guess it's lucky. Because she would have, like, gone there. He wouldn't have been home. And she would have just headed back home. But I guess because because Diedrich said, oh, he went to America. She's like, oh, Catherine go wait at my house because he may come to find me there. And it's like, how does he know where you live? Did you, like, give him your address? Like, hey, in case you're in America, look me up sometime. Like, that conversation definitely didn't happen. So the expectation... Yeah. yeah. But, you know, he showed... like, left behind a note that said, if you ever want to get in touch and you find a mailbox, like, here's my address. <laughs> right. Um, but, like, totally realistically he shows up at the office and talks to the uncle who well, you know he must... knows what her foundation is called so yes once he's able to like get to civilization and google the name of the foundation he's able to find the address of the foundation and for some reason right. they're like super lackadaisical and they're like yeah go in talk to the ceo of the company we don't care <laughs> <laughs> yeah he you know his only uh business is making sure his um niece has money like that's all he does here. Um, yeah, who knows if so, he's actually running the company. Most of the time we see him, he's like flipping through old snapshots of him and his <laughs> sister who's dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was the other thing. I Like, from the beginning, I'm like, wait, she's British? Her uncle's not British. When is this going to pay off? And then apparently, like, her sister, uh, his her mom, um, the uncle's sister was like the like kept on making mistakes and bringing home like actual stray dogs until she brought home Isabel's father who was from London and was a stray dog of like you know in the adult sense like (laughs) oh you know he'll never he'll never be accepted and then like you know had her parents been alive like she would have probably been like had a normal grounded upbringing um but since she was an orphan of sorts you know like why didn't she like turn into batman right or or batgirl right she has all the resources she has money no job she has a foundation she totally could have been a superhero but no no she's just a party girl right um and i guess it was a car crash right like that's how her parents died yeah So, I guess she um, could fight car-related crime. Right. She could just, like, be on the side of the roads. Buckle up! Don't drink and drive! <laughs> Have a designated driver! You know, start touting the, um, the safety ratings of, like, certain cars. It's like, drive Subaru! They're the safest car on the road! Mm-hmm. 
It's not as uh, cool as uh, fighting against a... Uh, or, like, taking on the persona of a bat. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm safety monitor woman. Yeah. Like, just stands at crosswalks. <laughs> inspecting people. Calling yeah. people out. Don't drive with your cell phone! Um, so, magically... Well, not magically, like appropriately, he shows up at her apartment after she's gotten home from Switzerland. Right. And, um, and like, it's finally that, that, you know, coming together, that reconciliation that you're like waiting for, for the like, last 15 minutes of the movie. And, you know, Catherine is like, oh, he is attractive. And then she's like awkwardly trying to get out and she keeps talking and talking and bumbling and then finally <laughs> makes her way out. Right. She's like, have a great night. And then it's like, yes, we know exactly what you mean, Catherine. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and then like you're expecting them to kiss and they do. And then I think she brings it up that like, you know, oh, I couldn't be without you. I wanted to be with someone I love. And it's like, all of a sudden, she loves him. Yeah. Like, two weeks two weeks of this, of what was, you know, more or less Stockholm Syndrome, of being stuck with this guy. You know, they, they both changed. You know, he wore flannel, and she learned to like, you know, his cooking. So, that's what love is, I guess. Yeah, it's... It's so much better <laughs> that this version of Beauty and the Beast is like, oh, you can't really leave because of circumstance rather than him being like, you have to stay here. <laughs> right. Um, well, I, I feel like it was like in a similar way. I mean, could she in Beauty and the Beast, could she have left at any time? I mean, I mean she came on a horse and I don't know what happened to the horse. He ate the horse, I think. <laughs> he ate the horse. <laughs> but, like, if if the castle didn't have any horses mm -hmm. and they had no way of communicating in the outside world and her, something had happened to her horse, mm -hmm. I don't know. At one point, she does try to leave. And I think she, I mean, in the Disney version, at least, she tries to leave and she tries to use using her horse and then, like, a bunch of wolves try to attack her. And then yes. she has to go home. I mean, back with him. And then she's oh, able that's... to leave at the end when he's like, no, go to your dad. Mm -hmm. So it does seem like she was pretty much able to leave, but she like needed his permission to leave. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but also in The Beautiful Beast, when she goes out and he saves her, she was like, oh, you know, uh, you saved me from, you know, the wolves. Like, and he was like, there are no wolves out there. But like, doesn't necessarily necessarily say what the actual danger is, unless it's the I think implied he says danger. Like, I think he was like, "You would have died of hypothermia, and I didn't want you right. to die of hypothermia, so I right. wouldn't got you." <laughs> <laughs> but it was weird have... that they even brought up wolves. I mean, I guess they were just like, "Get it?" Like in Beauty and the Beast, where there's wolves, it's like that, mm -hmm. but without wolves. Do you get it? And it's like, right. "Yeah, I got it. It's fine." <laughs> And I feel like, you know, if she would have died of hypothermia, he would have had two deaths on his conscience. Conscience, yeah. Yeah. It was weird at the very end, after they kiss, she, like, says, you know, 
he's like, you were right. I should definitely live in the world. And, like, you can't live with, like, shame and guilt or whatever for your whole existence. And she's mm-hmm. like, you also can't live without the person you love. And she's like, yes. essentially saying, like, I love you, whatever. But <laughs> then she, like, almost tries to talk him out of being with her. And she's like, I know I can be a lot. Can you deal with it? And he's like, I've dealt with it so far. And it's like, not the <laughs> best time to make a joke, buddy. She wants to know whether or not you love her. <laughs> right. And, like, at a certain point, like, his hands were kind of cupped. And I thought that he was going to like bust out a ring, like oh I know I came all this. Did you feel like think the same thing? Yeah, especially this whole week I've been watching a lot of these kinds of movies, and like they always rush into like the marriage part. Like we should get married, and it's like you've known each other for two weeks, so maybe you should date. <laughs> but, right. Like he does look like he's about to propose, and he does. Yeah. Look, which I was glad because they've known each other for two weeks. No, he definitely should have proposed. Like. I want to see the sequel to this movie where he's back in the cabin and she divorces him because he relapsed. Oh, no. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. So, throughout this whole movie, when I saw the cover for the movie, I did not know that it was, you know, faith-based. And I feel like between the acting and the sets... And even, like, the um, look of the actresses uh, and actors, like, it danced between, like, a pure flicks film, you know, which is, like, those faith-based movies, and, like, Cinemax. And, like, Cinemax. Like, (laughs) they definitely, like, there is a cut of this film that is, like, a Cinemax, like, late-night movie where, you know... Where she takes off her shirt that has macaroni all over it. Exactly. Like, where there's, like, different scenes... Like, it can go either direction the entire film. Yeah, I feel like all cheesy movies with low production values look like they mm-hmm. could at any moment turn into, like, a Cinemax movie, though. Right. But yeah, I, in selecting the movie, I just, like, read the whole thing where it's like, it's a twist, she's beautiful, and I was like, we have to watch this movie, because that is not a twist, that is ridiculous. <laughs> and um, then when he started praying, I'm like, oh, is this, like, a Christian movie? And, like, they have one conversation about faith where she's like, if you're into it, that's good. And then he's like, well, you're being patronizing. <laughs> and um, then later when he goes through his backstory, he talks about, like, how he found God through rehab. And then there's a couple of montages. But other than that, I didn't think it was, like, too heavy-handed. I mean, you could have made a cut of this movie that pretty much got rid of all of that. Oh, yeah. You could have, again, like, just with the um, sensuality missing, there was, like, parts of the, like, the faith piece that was, like, certainly could go either way. Like, if they just went a little bit more into the, like, praying part of it, like you know done a little bit more with the music like really like had it be like a climactic like you know uh scene where she finally like comes to faith and as she does have like you know she prays twice in the movie once when she is in the woods on her way to civilization at least trying to get there and the other is at the end when she um you know is 
you know, for, you know, she loves this guy who's in Switzerland and she wants to get back to him. But, you know, it, it doesn't, I feel like they should have like, you know, uh, tried to go that direction, make it like over, like beat you over the head faith based. I feel like they went a, like a little too halfway. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like, I hate when people in movies have like long diatribes about their faith because mm-hmm. it so rarely happens like that in real life. <laughs> um, right. But this movie almost didn't try hard enough to like be a Christian movie. Like it was funny when I was doing some Googling, there's a review on this Christian website of this movie and it's talking about like the idea of redemption and the fact that people can change and the fact that she changes and the fact that he goes from being a drug addict to not being a drug addict anymore and so like he <laughs> changes too and then uh, the one thing they didn't like is that he's a Christian character and he's like really judgmental of her <laughs> and they're like Christians shouldn't be so judgy like that um, and then it was weird the review I was reading I don't know who wrote it, but she got like sidetracked and she's like, and this reminds me of this one time I had this dream where um, the one of the characters from Heroes like was going through a negative time in his life and then I became his friend and I like changed his life. And it just makes you think about like how important it is to go around trying to change people's lives. And that's what I think of this movie. And I was like, what? <laughs> you talked about a dream for most of your movie review. I don't know if this counts as a movie review. <laughs> it's like, reminds me of that one time I gave a dollar to a homeless person. I didn't try to change them. I just gave them a dollar. And that's what I think of this movie. She, He should have just given her a dollar. Wait a second. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, well. <laughs> there, was a, there was a homeless man and he asked for some change. And then I started talking to him about how God can change you. And it turns out he wanted money. That's what he meant by change. <laughs> Anyways, go watch this movie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I, I let him in prayer as we both prayed that he could find a sandwich. And then I went to have a sandwich of my own. It was good. <laughs> I give that sandwich 10 out of 10. <laughs> so bizarre. Yeah, I mean... I. I, I actually kind of agree with that, um, I guess, whatever review you were referencing, where they're saying, like, it wasn't necessarily Christian enough because he was kind of, like, you know, judgy and not helpful and a jerk and, like, not willing to meet her in any, like, not even, like, halfway, but in any yeah. way. Like, yeah, it was it was kind of, like, um, the they both judged each other to like an extent they did but yeah again like there was no real protagonist or antagonist like they were both like jerks for the sake of being jerks <laughs> well i think we're at the point where we can judge the movie i have two uh scales so the first scale is just about the quality of the movie and it's in stars one to five and then the other scale is okay. how much fun did you have making fun of it? So a boring movie gets <laughs> a low score in both. A movie that's really terrible but fun to make fun of gets a high score in mockability. So for the mockability scale, I always come up with something random that pertains to the movie. 
So I guess uh-huh. birdhouses, one to five birdhouses for this one. Okay. So what do you think so, in terms of are, quality? Quality. So I kind of liked it as a movie. Like I know I was like you know joking about it, but I I didn't hate it. You know there wasn't a point where I was like falling asleep during it. I was. I watched it at probably like one o'clock in the morning after like a very long day. And I was like very engaged in this movie. Um, That doesn't make it a great movie. So how many stars does it go up to? Five. I'll give it three and a half stars. Okay. And what about birdhouses? Oh, birdhouses for mockability. I love making fun of it. I couldn't really understand what I was watching, even though I was enjoying it. So I give it like a four, four birdhouses on mockability. Okay. Uh, I think in terms of like the CG screens, uh, Mm -hmm. the fact that they probably spent a little too much time with the board going over whether or not they were going to take our money away as a subplot. Okay. And right. the fact that I didn't think Jeremy really sold it with some of the more emotional scenes. And the fact that mm-hmm. he, like, never says... I don't think he ever really says that he loves her. He just seems to say, like, well, I can tolerate nope. you, which is really mean. <laughs> it's kind of like love. <laughs> yeah, it's very close. <laughs> Before I hated you. <laughs> Give me a little time. Um, I, I'll give it, like, two stars. Um, I thought the okay. main actress was good. Um, but in terms of mockability, I I guess I'll give it like three birdhouses. I, th- I think we had a, a good time <laughs> talking about it. But I mean, it's definitely not mm-hmm. the story, even though the idea of someone living in the woods with absolutely no way of communicating to anyone and it not turning into like a horror film is like a little silly. <laughs> Like, for the most part, the story made sense. And, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I spent a lot of time this week watching bad movies, and there's so much, so much insane plot going on (laughs) that I can really appreciate that this, for the most part, made sense. It did, yeah. Which, for these kinds of movies, is is a lot. (laughs) Yeah, like, this, this isn't as bad as i was expecting like the there were definitely like parts of it that were like bizarre and i definitely thought like didn't fit um but it all just got it all worked out in the end as odd as that sounds like it just ended happily ever after yeah like beauty and the beast i thought i thought it wasn't quite as saccharine as i thought it was going to be like, I thought, I didn't know it was going to be, right. like, a faith film, but, like, just the whole idea of, like, she's not beautiful on the inside. I thought there would be a lot about, like, being a better person. And there is, but it's not too, it's not too saccharine. Right. Like, you know, her changing as a person is working at a soup kitchen. And, like, like oh, wow, she is changing. I guess because she works at a soup kitchen once 
but you know she does say like oh i want to be more involved in um you know what we do here and like i could never see that like the ceo of this company of like what is essentially you know um uh i guess hilton right if if she's the paris hilton surrogate he is the conrad hilton surrogate right like he's one of the richest people in the world too yeah unless she unless she just has this trust and and he gets you know a meager portion of it or you know but but like his endeavors to you know give back to the community is working at a soup kitchen like he must do that regularly yeah she's a part of like some uh charity organization so I'm assuming that was what they were doing. They were doing the charity organization work. Okay. But I don't know. She just said that the charity existed. She didn't say what they really did. <laughs> right. Like we, like the one charity, it just cures whatever was wrong with my friend's mom. Yeah. <laughs> we just like go through all our friends and be like, what do you have? Let's try to fix it. <laughs> Right, and then like hopefully the mom, the friend's mom is like still alive, like, like it's a little weird. Like she, the uh, Catherine, like if her uncle or the money or Kath uh, or Isabel's money helped like save her mom's life, like she should be kissing her butt just a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being on. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Megan. Sure. Do you have anything to plug? Um, Sure. I have um, a few things to plug. Um, I do a, um, I do an Instagram. I have an Instagram with my wife-to-be. We are getting married in a week. And... Um, We'll be posting things to thekissingcooks.com. Um, that's where a lot of our, our stuff is. And we um, have an Instagram at Kissing Cooks. And I'm on Instagram at Chef Gambino, where I do some cooking. Uh, also, chefgambino.com. And on Twitter at Chris F. Gambino. Wonderful. Oh, and congrats on uh, getting married recently. Thank you. Uh, yes, um, it'll it'll be an experience, and um, you know, one of the reasons I was up so late watching this movie is because I was doing some last minute wedding prep. Ah, good luck to you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, well, thank you all for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at NABM Podcast. Um, if you could, we'd like you uh, to rate and review and subscribe and all that good stuff. And you can find us on Facebook. Just for, search for Not Another Bad Movie Podcast. Um, and if all else fails, you can go to our website, notanotherbadmoviepodcast.libsyn.com. We'll see you in a month. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Megan Tripp, the host of the podcast, and I thought I'd let you in on uh, a little bit of a recording secret, if you will. 
Um, last year I decided to record a bunch of episodes in July and I posted two of them that same month but every um, episode after that I just posted one every um, month thereafter. So the Christmas extravaganza or whatever um, that I actually recorded in December but the episode you just listened to and the episode that's coming out in February and literally everything between July and now uh, they were all recorded in July so if you're friends with Chris Gambino and you thought it was strange that he would uh, renew his vows uh, only a few months after getting initially married uh, that would be strange uh, so when he says next week he means the week after we recorded which is a long time ago he actually got married uh, July 28th and um, he has a healthy baby who was born uh, September 4th and all of the handles are correct I double-checked with him and there's also chefgambino.wordpress.com um, and he says that gets updated more often than the Kissing Cooks website. So I hope you check it out and continue to listen to the show and tell all your friends and um, give reviews on iTunes. That always helps. And I'll see you with some new episodes in March and you'll hear one more uh, backlog episode with Emily Aguilar um, that'll be coming out the second uh, Saturday of February. Okay, bye guys.